0: Hi, this is Dan Monez, star of the musical stage and former police chief of the city of Napa. I've got Judd cooling off for a bit, so I'm introducing this episode. Guard! Guard, let me out! Quiet, edit. quiet. Today's guest is wine writer Michelle Locke. But she bet Judd that she wouldn't be able to get through the show without uttering some four-letter words. (laughs) Let's find out. Before we get going, make sure to visit Judd's Hill, Judd's Hill Winery on Silverado Trail, one of my favorite wineries in the Napa Valley. Join the wine club. I'm a member. Great deals, fun times. Order some wine at www.juddshill.com. And if you type in... J-N-V-S at the checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire wine order. Tell them Dan sent you. Enjoy today's show. Goodbye.
1: Dan, why am I in here? You're not even... Ah, shut up! Is this right? Guard!
0: Get ready for another heapful of fascinating things to know from witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No stale script and no rehearsing. Live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person. On Judd's Napa Valley show. On Judd's Napa Valley show. Judd's Napa. Judd's Napa Valley. Judd's Napa Valley show. And now, live from the 1440 KVON studio. In the beautiful Napa Valley. It's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lauren Mole, and here's your host, Judd Fingelstein. Good morning, Lauren Mole. Thank you for that
1: always excellent introduction. Top of the day, Judd. Top of the day, Lauren. You look very happy.
0: Well, thank you. What's going on? You you've had a big weekend, haven't I you? I did. Tell me. It was involving everybody as a star. The the non based the nonprofit based organization out of Sonoma that helped me with my music video last year. Yes. And, and what have you done with them? Well, on on Saturday, I got to perform my video at the Sonoma Film Festival, which turned out to be a huge success. Good, with the help of Nicolatte and his Olatte dogs from America's Got Talent. The oh, the Olatte! I've seen them; they're incredible, and they're cute. Those dogs do things.
1: I've, I, it's almost hard to imagine. They are they're amazing. These trained dogs, they do this this act where they're running and jumping and right. tumbling and acting and. What did you do?
0: Did you run and tumble and dance and act with them? No, but I did. I sang and danced to my video. Really? I did. So were you singing live? I was. Or were they just showing the video and you were lip syncing in front of it? No, uh, I was actually singing live with my video. No kidding. No, th- I'm serious, Judd. I oh, well, I believe you. I don't. This is you're... accurate information. <laughs>
1: I, I would never consider you to be somebody to try to pull the wool over my eyes. Oh, but well. that sounds wonderful. That was at the Sonoma Film Festival. Yes, that was on Saturday. And, well, and wait, wait. I still want to paint
0: this picture ahead, for John. me, though. So what? how do, How are the dogs involved in what you were doing? Oh, because our executive director, Howard Sapper, is managing them. That I knew, which is very cool. Uh, he manages this great act. But
1: how were you and the dogs, were you interacting? Were you in their act, were they in
0: your act, or you were just kind of on the same bill? Uh, we were kind of on the same bill. We, we weren't involved in their act. We, oh. just, we just performed separately. Okay, so after you saying you weren't given a treat? No. Okay, gotcha. No. What, um, and then what was the venue? Where were you doing this? Uh, the Sebastiani Theater. As a matter of fact, where I used to do my plays with Broadway-bound kids. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not at that theater anymore? No, we had to relocate back to the Sonoma Veterans Auditorium. Oh, that's right, that's right. And you have a event coming up with them, too? That's where you're growing this fine mustache that that's I'm right. looking
1: at right now. Yes, and I'll... You I'll handsome
0: be, El Guapo, you. Yes, and I'll be playing Max <laughs> Weil in The Sound of Music in May uh, coming up later in Sonoma. And I must say that on Sunday, uh, we weren't singing there, but we got to man the booth for everybody as a star at the Warriors' Jewish Heritage Night. That was uh, Sunday, excuse that me, That was su- Yes, it was Sunday. And a, a big surprise, during halftime... We had, a special ge- we had some special guests in the crowd. There was a couple who flew in all the way to see the game from Australia, wow. and the man actually proposed to her right on the Jumbotron. Oh, my goodness. Did you sing? No. Oh, because that would have, if there was any
1: doubt, that would have sealed the deal for them. I uh, know. If we could have had sa- the romantic crooning of Mr. Lornmold. I uh, know, but she said yes. Oh, that's sweet. If you're going to come all the way from Australia, I really hope you'd say yes. So that um, was—you weren't singing there, though. You have sung before at the Warriors. Yes. But this was just— This was just something different. Man in the booth, letting folks know about Everybody's a Star. Right. Well, we've talked about it often. Why don't you let us
0: know about Everybody's a Star real quick? Give Uh, us the nutshell story. uh, Sure. Uh, The mission of Everybody's a Star is uh, to provide special needs youth with opportunities uh, to learn and work from professionals in the, in the music industry And this is how you got to do your awesome music video
1: That's right Which can be seen 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year at everybodystar.org Absolutely See Lauren Mole. You said it right, Judd Yeah Is that it? That's, That's all it. you're doing? That's it Boy, you usually have something to tell me Yeah, well what? I'm just put... kidding, that was, yeah. that was so much <laughs> You were always
0: so busy I know were you, you were about to say something. Oh, yeah, I interrupted. But it, yeah, but how, how, have, how have things been at the winery, Judd? I... Oh, things are good. Things okay, are good. Judd's you know. Hill is, is
1: happening. Spring has sprung here in Napa Valley. We have uh, re-landscaped our entire front of the winery and opened it up, and it's a beautiful tasting terrace now. Ah. And folks can sit outside. Uh, we, If folks have been there before, they know we, had a, we have a fence that goes around. Oh, yeah. Well, we took that down about a foot and a half, two feet. So now when folks sit outside on our beautiful tasting terrace, they can look out and actually see the vineyard. Ah. You know, Before, they, they knew it was there. They couldn't quite see it, but now there's a beautiful view of it. What a clever idea. Thank you. Well, I invite all to come out to Jud's Hill and experience that and our friendly hospitality as well. What else is going on? Oh, yeah, we're having a big party next week, April 16th, but it's not in Napa Valley. So I encourage all to come road trip down to the Los Angeles area to the quaint seaside town of el segundo uh, conveniently next to lax you can fly in fly out for this party april 16th it is the world premiere of our latest episode of our web series wine booty our pirate themed wine talk show and this will be the episode that uh, has our guest star mr gerald casali who is the co-founder of the band devo has a new wine brand coming out And he sat down and we taped this one in front of a live studio audience at Judd's Hill a little while back. We're going to be debuting that at the Purple Orchid Exotic Tiki Lounge in El Segundo at 7.30 p.m. Till whenever there will be exclusive one-night-only Judd's Hill Wines by the Glass. Uh, I hope folks like wine, but you are at a tiki bar, so there'll be tropical cocktails available as well. We'll be showing the video. Free to come. Tons of fun. Information's on the judshill.com website under events. We've got lots of stuff coming up. And then May 4th is our big springtime bonanza, which is a benefit for the Napa Valley Youth Symphony, which will happen right at the winery. Ah, it's your fancy, eh, Judd? It definitely tickles my fancy, suits my fancy. All my fancy is being taken care of. And all that information is on the events page of judshill.com. And lastly, before we get into it, I do want to let folks know that these episodes all make it to podcast form. So if you had a favorite one or you missed one, or you can just look and see who's been on the show, we've been doing this a little over a year now, Lauren. There are almost 50 episodes up at the iTunes store. You type in Judd's Napa Valley Show and look at the list. There's lots of great guests, lots of great characters, a few surprises along the way.
0: You can subscribe or you can just pick one episode at a time and give it a listen. All at the iTunes store. Yep, and it's there 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Just like another website, I know. That's right. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. Lauren.
1: Yes, Judd. We've been doing a little chatting. It's a beautiful day. I don't want to get too carried away because we do have
0: a guest sitting here. She's been very patient. Oh, sure. Would you like to introduce her? Oh, sure. Absolutely. I would love to, Judd. Great. She's a biggie in the world of the written word, but today she's here to talk with stories of wine, travel, and personalities. These tales may give quite a shock. Never shy and always straightforward, she's not one to balk. Let's welcome to our show, wine journalist, Michelle Locke. Michelle Locke, how are you? (laughs) I'm
1: very well, thank you. Yeah, she gave such a look, Lauren. I think she was impressed with that. Oh, good.
2: (laughs) That was quite the introduction.
1: (laughs) Michelle Locke, you are, I would guess, probably one of the most widely read Wine journalists, um, with your association with the Associated Press the (AP), uh, I've I've gotten notices when you've been kind enough to include our winery in one of your pieces from every small town, every big city in the U.S., some in Canada. It's 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 amazing the the reach that you have. Do you do you know what your readership is when one of your pieces goes out to the AP?
2: It's, it's thousands and thousands. I can't remember the exact quote, but there's a Mark Twain quote, and it's something to the effect of the sun in the heavens and the Associated Press on Earth <laughs> is spreading light to all corners of the
1: globe. Yeah, it's really amazing. Um- People send me things from. Well, I just said it. It's all over. So I, I thank you for those past mentions. But let's let's go back. How did you, What is your background? You you're obviously very into wine. You write about wine. Have you always been a wine journalist? Have you always been a journalist? Where Where do you come from?
2: I've always been a journalist. I started working at my local paper in Texas when I was 17. Oh, uh, mostly crime. No kidding. A little bit of politics, but a lot, a lot of crime. (laughs) Those can be
1: interchangeable.
2: (laughs) That is very true. Sometimes political crime. Uh, And I got into wine writing by accident. I was working in the uh, Berkeley Bureau of the Associated Press. Mm -hmm. And uh, as a photographer for AP, I think you know Eric Risberg?
1: Yes, I do know Eric.
2: Great guy. Very knowledgeable about wine. Yeah, yeah. And he asked me, do you want to come with me? I'm going to shoot a story. And do you want to write it? And I said, "Okay, sure." Yeah. So my very first story was at Harlan Estate.
1: Oh wow! I know threw you right in there, didn't they? <laughs>
2: I know. <laughs> so we go up there, and of course, I don't have a clue. Really, have no idea.
1: Were you still coming off the crime beat, or what? I was
2: still writing about crime. You this were? was okay. just my little thing I was doing on the side. All right. And so we get there, and. We, we drive around the vineyard in Bill's Jaguar. Wow. And at the time, I'm like, okay, this is great. I guess this is what <laughs> winemakers do. They drive around in their Jags.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just ask any of us. That's I, what we do.
2: It was great. And uh, he's telling me about his plans. And, of course, I know nothing, so I'm trying to ask very careful, open-ended questions. So I'm just asking, well, what are your what do you want to accomplish here? What are your hopes? And he's telling me all about how he wants to build and create this really grand crew. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that's so nice. This guy, is he's that into his labor force. He wants to, you know, get this group of people that's this oh, a really crew. good crew. Yeah.
1: C-R-E-W. C-R-E-W
2: you're crew. And I'm like, that's really <laughs> sweet. And, I, and I'm just writing it all down. And, and, and I know don't ask any follow-up. Oh, really? Yeah, just like write it all down and figure it out later. So, of course, now I know.
1: Did he, you print that?
2: No, no. I went back and I looked it up. I looked okay, it up. Okay, good, good. So now I know he was trying to wants to create a Grand Cru, CRU, which is the French term for a very special wine. Right. But that was my first story in wine country. And I forget, I think that was early 2000s. And it was just so much fun that uh, I kept doing it. I never did get another ride in a Jag. You haven't? No.
1: I mean, we all drive them, obviously. <laughs> so
2: You've been hiding it from me, and I'm ready.
1: Yeah, you know, when we, uh, when we finish up here, I'll take you for a little spin around. I've got my, uh, Lauren, quick, what's a fancy Jaguar name, model, something, mm, some kind uh, of series. Uh, quick, get on Google. I don't uh, know anything how about, about cars. How about XKG? Okay, and X, is that really a, a Jaguar? I think so. Okay, I've got one of those outside. We'll take a spin. How about that, Michelle? Awesome. It's a beautiful day. We'll put the top down. <laughs> we'll cruise up and down the Silverado Trail. So, obviously, you had a good time. You said, this is the beat for me. Did you just quit the life of crime immediately, or did, did you kind of do both? Do you still write about crime?
2: Well, I write whatever they pay me for. But, oh,
1: okay. Um, I see how that works.
2: I, yeah, no, I did both for a while. Uh, continued to learn a bit more about wine. Continued to realize it's best not to ask too many follow-ups. And why is that? Okay, so one of my other early stories. I'm
1: following up. I know. Okay.
2: Uh, it was a, it was some kind of wine international competition, and I think a California wine had done well, and that's why we were interested in writing it for California newspapers. Uh-huh. And uh, but I'm looking at the list of winners, and it's just this one person is just really just cleaning the clock, and if I can't help it. I'm, I'm talking to this official on the phone, and I'm like, well, who the heck is this guy Brunello de Montalcino? He's just doing great. <laughs> and she's like, um, Michelle, that's a wine region. It's a very famous wine region. And I was like, oh. And the thing was, I was really disappointed because I had him in my mind. Mm -hmm. It was this guy with this curly hair, kind of turning silver, and he was really jolly, and he probably smoked a pipe.
1: A great Italian accent, drove around in a Jaguar, what was it, XKG? XKG. Yeah, Brunello, my buddy. Don't you think so? That is funny. Well, no, it's a a good thing you asked that question. I mean, imagine the story you would have written if you were (laughs) referring to Brunello as he or (laughs) true whatever pronoun. So you've been learning along the way. Yes, You can never learn it all, though. I mean, how long have you been writing about wine?
2: So, uh, yeah, it's like early two thousand, so maybe a dozen years. Yeah.
1: And you find you're still having your eyes opened?
2: Yes. I mean, it's such a complicated process. I don't yeah. fully understand all the chemistry.
1: Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I say that almost as a joke, but it, it, it's kind of true, too. I've been doing this since... Well, my family's been making wine since about the time I was born and I've been involved, and when it came time that I decided I would like to join in the family business, I knew how to make wine, I knew what we did to make wine, but really I didn't know why wine happens and I went to the Napa College course and I took wine chemistry at uh, UC Davis and ask me any question right now and I'll just say, uh, I don't know ask Ken, you know, our director of winemaking over there, he's the walking encyclopedia so I just have one of these brains that doesn't compute with the science aspect. Why, well, I mean, you know, science and art blending together. Not to sound pretentious, but I think I'm much more on the artsy side. Blending and flavor palettes and that sounds way pretentious. So anyhow.
2: Judd, I, I don't think you can be pretentious if you walk around your vines playing a ukulele.
1: Oh, okay, good. I'm glad. So I'm safe. Thank you for that. Are you listening, Gordon? Yeah, Gordon Lustig, you heard at the top of the uh, hour, does our, did our theme song, and that's him playing ukulele. A lot of people think it's me singing and playing ukulele, but it's not. It's Gordon Lustig. Um, what does it take to get your attention as a wine writer? I know as a winemaker and a wine, winery owner, it's about the st- getting your story out there. Maybe 20 years ago, you could just make good wine and people would come to you, and that was the case. You know, we had a great mailing list. We didn't do any marketing, didn't do any PR, uh, and we sold out of our wine because we made good wine. That's obviously changed. There's a lot of people in this valley, in this industry, and I think everybody's making pretty good wine. This is Napa Valley. We've got the technology, the know how, the great grapes, uh, all that good stuff. So, really, it's about getting your story in front of people and connecting that way to get them to taste your wine and create these personal relationships, which is where you come in as a writer. I mean, I want to connect with you. Every other winery owner and brand ambassador, I'm sure, wants to connect with you and people like you to get their story out there. What does it, it take to connect with somebody like you? What are you looking for?
2: It's really hard to get attention.
1: Yeah. Uh, no I mean, kidding. there
2: are just so many wine brands, and the thing is, I mean, you, you have to get my attention, but then... What you really have to do is get something that my editors will go for. Oh, okay. People sometimes think their job is done if they've reached me and Ooh. you know, I, I don't have that much power. Um, what you have to do is you have to have something that's unique or a bit of a twist or a first. Firsts are very difficult because you probably aren't the first. Um, yeah the best thing is and is to give it a little tweak or other
1: people have had a pirate themed wine okay, talk no, show I, I'm sorry, Tony. No go ahead. You, you, I'm sorry.
2: You are I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist a Please. very unique snow. I will not
1: interrupt. You're being true. sincere. I want to hear your answer. It's true. I'm sorry.
2: Um they see made me lose my train of thought. Uh so for instance Firsts
1: are tough, you were so saying. So for instance,
2: well yeah, first Basically, don't even go there because you're probably not. And when you're working with the AP wire, that's where you really find out there's nothing new under the sun. Mm. Yeah. And then you have to qualify it and so whatever. But, uh, for instance, sustainability is a big thing right now. Right. And it is a good thing. Obviously, it's good for society and the environment. Sure. Uh, But it's a little bit boring. You you know, I mean, if you send a press release that says, well, we're sustainable and we love Mother Nature and we want to give back it's not probably gonna go anywhere. Mm -hmm. So you give it a little bit of a fillip. So for instance, um, Farniente, a while back, they were putting in solar panels, which again, at at the very beginning it was new. There was a winery, it was running off solar power, that was new, you would do a story, but then that's been done, it has to be something different. Mm -hmm. So they were putting in solar panels and they didn't have a lot of space. So they uh, figured out a way to convert a floating, I mean a holding pond to hold uh, waterproof solar panels. Oh, and it was cute and they call them photovoltaic oh
1: okay. instead of photovoltaic
2: sure. puns cool. are great oh yeah as you I know, love them as you know uh, and so that was something a little bit new and different and I wrote a story on it and it was you know went a lot went to a lot of places so that was good um, Cade winery it's very environmental and it had It had the LEED certification, the LEED. Yeah. um, That means you're very environmentally aware, which was great. But at that time, there were a lot of buildings with that, so it really wasn't news. And they had, but they had all these little touches. They had insulation made out of recycled blue jeans or something like that.
1: Okay. And
2: it was just odd, and it caught your attention.
1: Those little details within The the bigger story.
2: Little details, and so sometimes I feel guilty because. It seems like, well, don't you care, you know, that we had this lead building and, you know, you only care about this blue jean. That's what catches people's attention. Something quirky, something new, uh, something a little bit different.
1: Right. Have any, have any wineries pitched you on things that you just thought were silly or ridiculous or, or, or just funny stories about things you've been pitched that you just made you laugh? Either maybe they were good pitches or bad pitches, like this could never run or wow, that's really something wild. I've got to get in on this.
2: No, I mean, the thing with wineries, what you tend to get are things like, you know, press release, immediate release. Uh We have our new vintage coming out. Right. And you're like, no way. (laughs) I bet you had this happen last year. (laughs) and I think it might happen next year.
1: I learned early on that a new release is not... Really newsworthy. It is to your mailing list because they really care, your customer base, but in the grand scheme of things. Exactly. You did it last year. You're going to do it again. That's what you do.
2: Yeah, no. So it's not news. Yeah. Wines tend to be more conservative. I can't think of anything. I'm sure there have been some, but I haven't had any really off the wall. It's just sort of just insanely boring. No kidding. Type of um, releases, <laughs> so, yeah.
1: a new release. That's the one. It's never going to get past you to the editor. Let's write a story about a new wine coming out. Just change the vintage date.
2: Yes. <laughs>
1: gotcha. What about experiences? I mean, because you are, you know, such a well-known, well-read uh, writer, do you get invited to or whisked off on great experiences?
2: I have been extremely fortunate. Let's hear. Because for one thing, I'm, I'm glad that I had the chance to meet quite a few legends mm-hmm. of the Napa Valley. Uh, I met Robert Mondavi, yeah. great guy. I met him and his wife, and there were, I think there were a few of us there, and he was just so charming. Yeah. He, he says, oh, I always kiss the charming ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh. This is
1: after he gave you a kiss? Or right before, right before, I assume he gave you a kiss. Right before, okay, yeah. Okay, good.
2: Yes, and um, just a, a, a great guy, so enthused. Because at that point, he was getting on. Yeah. But just still, you could tell such a real zest for life. Hmm. Um, I've been in a helicopter with Jess Jackson. Wow. Yes. Not a huge fan of helicopters. No? <laughs> No, but it was fun.
1: Where did you, what did, was he Was he piloting it? <laughs> no. <laughs> it wasn't like Heidi or Beau Barrett that'd fly their own helicopters No, around, but...
2: no, it was a professional. And okay. it was very exciting, and he took us all over showing us his mountain fruit. He was very okay. big on mountain fruit.
1: Took a little vineyard tour.
2: Took the vineyard tour. That sounds
1: like fun, huh, Lauren?
2: It was. Yeah, it
1: is fun. Yeah.
2: Uh, driven around the vineyard with Fess Parker. No kidding. Yes. That was in a Hummer.
1: Wow! naturally. Of course, what else?
2: He was a character, a real character, and then he he was very distinguished looking. He too was, was I think he was 80s at that point, uh, but he, you wouldn't really recognize him right away as, as Daniel Boone or Davy Crockett. <laughs> so it was fun because he, he said, come with me into the tasting room, because we're there at the winery, and I'm like, okay. So we go into the tasting room, and it's a big place it was in that movie sideways yeah and they I have remember. the coonskin caps and all that <laughs> kind of thing and then he suddenly starts talking and he has this big booming voice but yeah. it's just unmistakable and all these ladies are there and they're all like "Ooh, is that him
1: the man himself yeah he doesn't he didn't wear one of those caps
2: he did didn't know um but he it was he was a personality just a real big personality
1: wow ah, you've really gotten to uh meet some folks and see some things not a bad beat.
2: It's you, a great beat.
1: Are you glad you switched from crime?
2: I am <laughs> glad that I switched from crime.
1: <laughs> That's good. Well, you're in a good place, obviously. You're smiling. That's a good sign. We do have to take a quick break,
0: and then we'll be back with more stories from wine journalist Michelle Locke. We'll be back with more of Judd's Napa Valley Show right after these messages. la, 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 la. Everyone's a Fingal friend on Judd's Napa Valley Show. And now, back to Napa Valley's ambassador for good times, fine wines, and lame rhymes, Judd Fingalside.
1: Thank you very much, Lauren Mole. You're golden, welcome, Judge The golden voice of Napa Valley. And today we're here with Michelle Locke, wine journalist, featured Associated Press, wine journalist, on and on. You have so many places. I was, I was looking up... Um, you know, where where folks can read your articles. And you've written for so many different publications, but on a regular basis, let's talk about where folks can read what you do. And you've got a couple blogs where you publish. Tell us, Michelle Locke.
2: Yes, I do have two blogs on the theory that Two obscure blogs is better than one. <laughs> uh, my, main, my main wine blog is called Vanicdote, which was a name that seemed really cute at 2 a.m. one morning, so I bought it.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> to rhyme with anecdote, but spelled like the French wine, so it's V-I-N-E-C-D-O-T-E. C-D-O-T-E.
2: Yes, mostly people pronounce it as uh, Vanicdote. Yeah, so it may not have been my best plan, but that's where I do a lot of my wine writing. It's a cute pun, though, anecdote. I'm a sucker for puns. There you go. And then I have another travel blog, which is Tipsy Turvy Traveler.
1: Okay, so you do a lot of uh, travel writing as well.
2: I do, I do. In the last few years, I didn't travel for years, didn't even have a um, valid passport. No kidding, really? Yeah, and then I started working as a freelancer, and I had a lot more freedom and free time. And people who think I work for free, but no. And uh, I I got my passport and I got going. And I have visited a lot of countries.
1: It's been great. That's wonderful. See, I would think that... And these are the kind of the false romantic impressions that people have about winemakers. This life where you, again, drive jaguars or you sit out on the porch and nibble cheese and watch the vines grow. And what I think about wine journalists such as yourself is like, oh, they jet around... Uh, you know, obviously to Napa Valley and over to Europe and all these places of the great wine regions and they're wined and dined and but you're saying you didn't have a passport.
2: Yes. But now
1: Now now. Now, now now. But you've kind of made that for yourself though. You created that, right?
2: Yes. Um yes, and it's it's been great.
1: That is so cool. Any big travel tips trending right now? What's what's a good thing if someone's hitting the road right now? What's something you can uh Lay on them, and then they can find out more at... T- t- I didn't write it down. It's top tips, tipsy, turvy... Tipsy, turvy, I like that. Traveler. Another good pun. Tipsy, turvy, Right. What's uh, something that's in the fore of your uh, brain as far as travel goes?
2: Pack light.
1: Pack light. You heard it here first, folks.
2: Pack light. You don't need that stuff. You really don't. I see people in the airport with these huge, huge suitcases, and they're dragging them around, and they're having to pay extra. And the funny thing is, you never see a well-dressed person with a a huge suitcase. So you're like, what's in there, dude? What are you saving? (laughs) Another 10 pairs of red sweatpants? Because (laughs) I don't know.
1: I have a cousin who's a, a big traveler. She travels for work all the time, and she, years ago, she taught me this lesson, and it, it served pretty well. She said, pack your bag, take a look, then take out half the clothes, and add twice the money you're taking with you. You'll have a much better time. <laughs>
2: that's very smart advice.
1: And I realize it's true. Like, I don't need all these pants. I don't need all these shirts. I'll, if I need to do a wash, I'll do a wash. Anyhow, that's great. You... You were a crime writer, we talked about that earlier Now you're a wine writer Mm -hmm. And one of your Bits, it was on your Vanecdote blog, was crime Versus wine, in fact it was a top Ten list, would you care To share that?
2: I would care to
1: Ladies and gentlemen, here's tonight's top ten list With Michelle Locke Thank you From Vanecdote.com, crime versus wine All right. Does this need a preface of any sort Other than that?
2: It's just something I came up with. So number 10 is when people see you driving up to their fancy gated place, they give you the electronic gate code, gate code instead of changing it.
1: <laughs> that's, that's if you're a wine.
2: That's if you're a wine journalist versus a crime journalist. Gotcha. <laughs> number nine, you go to places where a lot of people are gathered, but they're opening bottles, not throwing them. <laughs> Number eight, Winery Dogs will greet you, not eat you.
1: Greet, not eat. That's when a good you, that's a good side to be on.
2: I do have one that, that comes from the heart because oh, I no. remember being uh, covering some crime story and it was one of those things where you had to knock on doors, which is my least favorite thing. Oh. And it seems like it was okay to go in. The door the little gate was open and then I looked around and I saw this pit bull oh. with One blue eye and one brown eye, and they were both fixed on me. Oh, no. And I have never moved more quickly in my life. Really? Yes. Uh, Number seven. When someone tells you to put a cork in it, they're (laughs) most likely expressing an opinion about closures, not your conversation. I love it. In crime, you need evidence of wrongdoing before opening a case.
1: (laughs) That took me just a brief second, but I love it. Good on punning the, again. Yes.
2: On the wine beat, you cover people at bars. On the crime beat, you cover people behind them. Oh. That's a little wordplay. hmm In the wine world, fining is a lot easier on your wallet.
1: Ooh. This is good.
2: little inside wine here yeah. or there. Number three, it's okay for wine judges to drink on the job.
0: Ain't that the truth.
2: Number two, hang time refers to grape ripening, <laughs> not punitive measures.
0: <laughs> and the number one reason?
2: On the wine beat, you drink to learn more about your subject. On the crime beat, you drink to forget it.
1: Bottom. There, there, you, there go. you go. Well oh. done. Top ten reasons, or top ten uh, differences, crime versus wine, from the anecdote blog of Michelle Locke. Um it's okay to drink on the job. That's kind of a fun thing about being in the wine business, isn't it? It is because it's research. I say sober as a judge, but I guess it depends which judge you are. You've been a clam chowder judge.
2: I have been a clam chowder judge. How did you judge. fall
1: into being a how'd you fall into chowder?
2: <laughs> it's it's just people. I get these opportunities, and I take them. That was so much fun.
1: What were the circumstances? I'd, I'd like to be a clam chowder judge. Who do I need to call to get I on that I can set panel? that up for you, John. Really? Yes. You really could? I really could. Okay, okay. Off the air. We'll, we'll talk a little bit.
2: Because I have some terms, but yes. Okay.
1: <laughs> so how did that happen, and what did that involve besides? It's, well, a, just, yeah, it's
2: a Santa Cruz thing, Okay. and they do it for every year I think it's 30 like something it's, it's a tradition there in Santa Cruz and it's a fundraiser for parks this, I think it's what they put the money into oh, okay. and um, it's held at the boardwalk are you familiar with Sure, it? yeah. I'm sure you've had your kids there it's great fun I love Santa it. Santa Cruz Beach yeah. Uh, boardwalk. Yeah. And uh, everybody there are uh, Four categories, um, two two for professionals, two for amateurs. One is uh, Manhattan, and one is Boston, the white and the red chowders. Right. And they get this huge response, loads of teams. Everyone sets up all along the wharf, Ooh. and they have little, little shacks with their cooking implements, and they actually make the clam chowder right there. And uh, you sit up. The, if you're a judge, it's really great. I never felt so special. <laughs> I had a big blue ribbon, just yeah. like, a, like a horse. Everywhere I went, was, everybody was smiling at me. It was another case of realizing you're not a crime writer anymore.
1: Right, right. People are happy to happy see you. Happy to see
2: you. Yes. Yes. And I'm not kidding. It was a, it was a great beckoning experience. Beckoning you, in fact. They were beckoning me, come on in. They were actually wanting to bribe me. It was great. Oh. Yes. We were totally allowed to take bribes because it's blind tasting. So you couldn't tell. Oh
1: so Uh, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter. Take some bribes. What'd you get?
2: Well, I didn't actually, but, um,
1: you have integrity. Good for you. Not much, not much, but yeah.
2: (laughs) And, uh, yeah. And then we sat up and we tasted it and, uh, it was, it was very different from a wine tasting. Um, a lot more casual.
1: Do you swirl the bread bowl before you? I tried.
2: You take I tried a- because I, I'm just so conditioned to do that. It's like Pavlovian. I'm saying like, what the hell's wrong with you? And I'm like, oh, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to get my clams chowder. You know the aromas.
1: Yeah, uh, volatize the esters of the. Uh, I was trying chata. to volatize
2: the esters. Yeah. what I ended up doing was spilling it on the tablecloth.
1: <laughs> and I'd probably just get it in my mustache now that I've got one. In- Old chowder and a mustache is not... Well, let's not talk about that. And how does one judge chowder? I know how we go about with wines, but how does, how does one judge a chowder?
2: You judge it on consistency,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, taste. Uh, it had to be classic. You couldn't put anything funky in there. Um, there were some... Oh, somebody put chunks of tomato in a Boston... Clam chowder, and we were all horrified.
1: Yeah, that is, is yes. despicable. It never thought of that.
2: Yes, Painous. and it was, yeah, we would, it was just disqualified. No, sorry, no. Which is really too bad because I'm sure they were just trying to be creative. Um, if it was burned, that burned. was yes, that that happens with clam chowder. Oh, yes, burn the
1: chowder. Yes. And are you are you saying, oh, I like this? It the it has the nice consistency from the, the potato uh, with subtle undertones of briny uh, clam juice and and muscle I don't know. See? I mean, what are you thinking like a wine judge? See? Yes. You are.
2: And that was my downfall. Oh, because no. it, 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 clam charter judging, food judging, it's not like the wine world. The wine world is its own little special place. Mm-hmm. But yes, no, that's exactly right. Because I'm sitting there and I'm like, hmm, yes, this is interesting. Uh, I think I get a a, a hit of white pepper on the nose and they all looked at me and they were like, what is wrong with
1: you? Michelle, <laughs> just tell us if you like it or not, right? Is it kind of that simple? Yes. Gotcha. Sounds fun.
2: It was complete fun.
1: All right, well, if you have any inns, I, I, I'll throw my hat into the ring to judge a little chowder. Why not? Not just chowder, but you, you write about food. I was looking, and I got very excited when I saw you had a, an article about the best fried crab in Chinatown and my last name is Finkelstein and you know there's kind of a stereotype that people of my persuasion have a thing for Chinese food so can we talk about Chinese food for a little bit where's the good Chinese food if you're on that beat and I seem to think you have an in you certainly know where the best fried crab is you know food you know wine where does one go
2: for the good Chinese food? well, yeah. That crab place is good, but I forgot the name of the restaurant. It was RNG
1: Lounge. RNG Lounge. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad I read.
2: <laughs> One thing about me is I I, I research it. I write it. And then it goes right out of my head. You
1: ate it, didn't you? I ate it. That, though, oh, okay. that would be
2: the research. But yeah, uh, once I know something, I once I've written it down, it goes. I, I consider I'm a pioneer in having human RAM space.
1: You know what? I think there's something to that. I feel like my brain is so cluttered. If I can just write it down, get it out. It's there to refer back to.
2: That is. Uh, but RNG is pretty good. Um, a lot of people like Hunan House. Uh, you know, Sam Woe's closed. I didn't know that. That's where they... the the. Uh, Well, he's dead now. But there was a waiter who used to insult you.
1: Yeah. Oh, famous. Edsel Edsel
2: Fong, I think. First name was Edsel. I remember that. But yeah. How could you
1: forget that name? Yeah. No,
2: you cannot forget. Even I, I cannot forget that (laughs) name. Yeah.
1: So you've basically forgotten all the good places to get Chinese food.
2: I don't need to go out because my husband is Chinese. So I I go to the kitchen.
1: Man and yes. he's a, he's he likes cooking he he's a does good cook like
2: he's a very good cook
1: okay so you're sitting at home yes what's what's a great what's one of his ideal dinners that you just love when he puts it He makes in
2: front of you? a great clay pot
1: oh of
2: of pretty much you know anything's good in there it can be curry or it can be plain mm. it's chicken and tofu and ginger and weird things that i don't know what they are
1: and maybe that's for the better all right you've got this gorgeous an aromatic, I'm sure, clay pot mm-hmm. of goodness in front of you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, speaking of goodness, didn't you have a goodie bag here somewhere? Oh, Oh, I hold, well, let's get back to that in a second. I thought oh. I saw you walk in with something. I said goodness, and it reminded me. Okay, wait, wait a minute. All right. Let's finish this thought, then we're gonna get to that. All right. You have probably tasted innumerable wines. What's a great wine to pair with something like that? Because that those can be tricky.
2: They can be tricky. I like Sauvignon Blanc. I find it. I don't know if it really is considered a food-friendly wine, but I find it really goes with a lot of things that you might not. Because obviously, you know, a heavy red wine with that would be disgusting. I that think. could be tough. Yeah, I don't. I, too much flavor. But uh, I. I really like a Sauvignon Blanc. Sauvignon Blanc. And just between the two of us.
1: Yeah. No one else is listening right now. And I Lauren, must say, earmuffs.
2: This is a trick I got from Robert Mondavi. Yeah. I sometimes put a little
1: ice in it. You do. I do. Here's what I say to that. Go for it. Drink wine the way you want to enjoy it. You know, we can't get caught up in all of the pretensions. If you want a little ice, if you want to splash a little seven up in there while I'm not looking, go ahead. If, it, if that's the way you want to enjoy wine and um, helps me sell a little wine, and you know, hey, enjoy wine. Thank now, you. You had a goodie bag.
2: I do, would you like to
1: see it? I would. You brought me something.
2: I brought you something, and it's a, a delightful wrapping, don't you think?
1: It's beautiful. It's it, gorgeous and green.
2: It, it's not. It's so green. It's actually recycled.
1: Good. It's green checkered. So what? What do we have here? Thank you very much, by it's, the way. This is.
2: It's something I saw it, and uh, I, I I thought of you. <laughs> that will go back on. Yeah,
1: it just <laughs> fell apart. Uh, wow. I like this trend. My guests have been bringing me gifts uh, the last couple weeks. This is okay. You Michelle, just, what you is just, this? You just broke it. I didn't. No, it's not broken. It's just that this bead and bobble is tangled up. It's a, it's 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 like a dress form with, uh, you know, I wish I knew more about fashion. It's what do you call this? This is like a, yeah, a, a, a bodice or something like that. But it's on what looks like a candlestick. And it's draped with some fringe and beads. And then it has a little piece that comes up. It's sort of brass looking with little curly bits that I'm guessing you would hang something off.
2: It's to hang your necklaces off.
1: To hang my necklaces off. This is beautiful. Thank you very much for thinking of me and bringing this to me. And I'll tell you what. I know this goodie was for me. I would like to share the wealth, though. So can we play a little game here?
2: Well, I suppose so.
1: Okay, let's, let's try this. Maybe nobody will respond and I get to keep it. But I would like to let somebody out there get his or her hands on my goodies. How about that? If you're near your computer, smartphone, whatever it is that you tweet with and you have a Twitter handle, get on Twitter right now and the first person to send a tweet with the hashtag, that's the little pound symbol, followed by the letters J-N-V-S, Judd's Napa Valley Show, hashtag J-N-V-S, is going to get this. And if you wouldn't mind, say something like, "Getting my hands on Judd's goodies, just so we really know this. This is what you're after. So first person to tweet, "Getting my hands on Judd's goodies, hashtag uh, i I'll, I'll share this with you. I'll let you have it, and I'll give you three days to come pick it up over at Judd's Hill. And if it's still there after three days, I'm keeping it. How about that, Michelle?
2: I think that sounds like uh, quite the deal.
1: Thank you very much. This is lovely. I thank you for thinking of me and my necklace collection. <laughs> Obviously, you've seen me around the apartment on weekends, and <laughs> and where should we go from here? We talked about clam chowder. I'm still very excited about the prospect of maybe not even judging, just going to that. I'm a I'm a chowder fam. Um, so where have you been? I mean, now that you not only this this wine writer of great renown, but now you're a travel writer. You're getting on the road. What what have been some of your great destinations you've really enjoyed going to and some of the experiences you've had there?
2: It's been really exciting um, because I went to France, which I had never been before in my life. No kidding. Yes, and I'm, you know, Somewhat mature.
1: And you said you're originally from I know, those I know. parts over well, in we Wales.
2: Were, we were a poor family in Britain, so we didn't, only the rich people went to France in I my see. day. Not now, but. So I went to France, so that was really exciting. And I visited the Languedoc wine region, which yeah. I really loved. They make fantastic rose. I went to Paris. It's oh. a very nice city.
1: I, I, I haven't ever been, I've been to the Las Vegas. really yes of course been to the eiffel tower i'm very sophisticated and loose slots and on the strip (laughs) but
2: well i'm sure that's fun okay but the real paris is really fun uh the eiffel tower i I could not get enough i like engineering things Mm. like the golden gate bridge for the same reason it's just something that i like um i've been to italy a few times Um,
1: Are you exploring wine when you're there, or this has? It can be both ways.
2: Some of these things are to learn about wine, and some of them are just uh, a traveling thing. And some of them, I just go by myself. Um, I've been covering the Cannes Film Festival.
1: Oh, rough stuff!
2: Really random. Oh, that is rough stuff. Really? Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, you, your look just changed. You went from, like, like the, the happy smile to that smile, like, you ain't kidding, Buster.
2: Oh, yeah, no, I mean, that they're very serious there. It's uh, You can't get anywhere without a badge, and if you have a badge, you still can't get very far.
1: Wow, so what beat are you covering there?
2: I'm doing a little bit of entertainment, mm. and I never really just see Just the any, on I don't ever get to see much stars. I saw, like, the back of Owen Wilson's head.
1: Oh, yeah. Very nice uh, back of a head. If you're, a ni- if you're to see a back of a head, that's a nice one, I suppose. It was
2: a beautiful blonde head. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so that's all fun. And I've been to South America a little, too, so that's uh, very exciting for me.
1: Oh, wow, what a life you've created here. All yes. with the power of the word. Yes. In all these years of wine writing, I guess I should ask you, Is there what keeps you interested? I could see it easy to, I mean, as much as I love wine and still enjoy drinking wine, how does one keep the interest to keep writing about it and, uh, and uh, keep it interesting for you and your readers? What, what grabs you still about the wine world?
2: That is what is so great about wine. And this is where it has it all over crime, because crime is just one thing over and over again. It just it may be a little more extreme in some cases. But mm-hmm. with wine, you've just got everything. If you feel like writing about the environment, you've got the green wineries. If you feel like writing about celebrities, you've got all the celebrity wines. Right. If you want to write just a feature about some really great person who's achieved a lot, you've got all of these people you know who have, have had these great achievements in, in the wine business. So it's basically, wine is, covers a lot of ground.
1: Michelle? It's been great having you here. Before we go, I have to ask you a question that everybody is clamoring to know the answer to, and that is, do you go nuts for donuts?
2: Um, Judd, yes. I like donuts.
1: Uh, well, there you go. We have, a nice, we have a nice selection for you right there. I want you to point to one. We're running a little short on time, so okay. point to one of those. Pick one up. Take a nibble if you care. I and like you are the going, old
2: fashioned. The,
1: the, what? The maple old fashioned. That is a fan favorite, a guest favorite. Almost, I'd say, in the 90th percentile, people go for that. Now, it's a beautiful Napa Valley day. You're nibbling a maple old fashioned of okay. your encyclopedic knowledge of wine styles now. Okay. What are you. Oh, do I have to that? pair something yeah, with this? Yeah, pair it.
2: You know what? Oh, does it have to be a Napa? It can be a Napa Valley. It can wine. be whatever
1: you want. I prefer Napa well,
2: I'm, Valley. I'm thinking so. Turn, but we can do it with the. Um, that Farniente Dolce. The
1: Dolce. Yeah. Beautiful. yeah, And maple. Yeah. And now it's time to play everyone's favorite party game here on Judd's Napa Valley Show.
0: This is
1: Mad Libs. That's right, Michelle Locke. It's time to play everyone's favorite fill-in-the-blank word game. And you as a writer, I know, will excel at this. Let's go. You know how it works. I need a year. Just give me any year.
2: All right. I'm going to give you 1869.
1: 1869. A profession.
2: All right. Telephone repair technician.
1: (laughs) Telephone (laughs) repair technician. All right. Take me a while to write that down. That's a lot of words. A plural noun.
2: Crocodiles.
1: You're quick. Crocodiles. How about an adjective?
2: How about jolly?
1: Jolly. That's how I'm feeling right now with this show. Another adjective?
2: Nonsensical.
1: <laughs> also, how I'm feeling about... No, this has been a good Nothing one. Nothing personal. No, no, no. None taken. Um, and another adjective.
2: Well, since you gave me these donuts, yeah. fat.
1: Fat. Oh, come on now. Okay. Michelle Locke, wine journalist, travel writer, on and on. Vanectote.com, tipsyturvytraveler.com. I went on your blogs... And looked at the About page, which you have now just written, rewritten oh, no. a segment of right now. So this is you talking in the first person, but I will be saying it. But this is you speaking about you. Since 1869, I've been working as a telephone repair technician... Scouting, you can laugh into the microphone, it's okay. (laughs) Scouting the latest in food, wine, and travel and researching topics as diverse as developments in K-12 curriculum and breakthroughs in crocodile research. <laughs> well, I to, wish. Yeah, someone's got to know about those crocodiles. My stories appear in magazines and online, and I'm often to be found in the pages of jolly newspapers <laughs> such as the Los Angeles Times. Very good. I take on editing projects, large and small, and am available for nonsensical <laughs> writing assignments, including fat content. Michelle Locke, it has been a pleasure having you here. I'll look forward to speaking
0: with you again soon and reading whatever you got coming down the pike. This is Lauren Mole speaking for Judd's Napa Valley Show, a Gilamar production. Judd's Napa Valley Show.